You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's time for a wild Wednesday. It's crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. What's going on? Matt Miguez here. What a crazy Tuesday night it was. Cajuns keep winning. LSU doesn't even need nine innings to get their win. Today you've got college softball. The the conference tournament's kicking off today. Cajuns getting a win. Tigers falling short. McNeese finding a way to win in extras. The NBA playoffs, the NHL, the MLB. It just doesn't get old. This is the best time outside of March. Outside of March Madness, this is the best time of the year for sports. You got the NBA playoffs, you got college baseball and softball winding down, the NHL playoffs, MLB just getting into full swing. Great time. Jay's Mesh, the producer extraordinaire slash the co-host with the most, joins me. James, happy Wednesday. What's going on? Not too much. What about you? Man, I'm good. I'm living the dream. But you know, wait. You, who says that? Who says that? Now I'm. Who says, oh, it's it's uh some some guy on Instagram. He 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 he's a he he's like a zoo guy. Oh, yeah. I think his name is like Jay Prehistoric. He has like alligators, snakes, and crocodiles, and all these other animals. It's pretty well, dope. He, he, like in every video, he's like, "I'm living the dream," as getting choked out by a snake. I might need to check that out. That sounds intriguing. You know who's not living the dream right now? Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Did you see what Sean Marks said about him? Sean Listen, Marks? The, I didn't the Brooklyn Nets GM. I remember Kyrie said, I think on a live stream, talked about like the Celtics fans and like a bunch of NBA fans saying, mm-hmm. like, you're all just a bunch of flying cockroaches to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, cool. This is what Sean Marks said today. The, the, headline, the headline says this, Brooklyn Nets general manager Sean Marks had a clear message for guard Kyrie Irving. The star guard's long-term future with the organization isn't secure. We need people here that want to be here, Marks said Wednesday. They're selfless, that want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And there's an objective and there's a goal at stake here. And in order to do that, we're going to need availability from everybody. Shots fired by the GM? Bang, bang. I mean, you basically said you're the, the underlying message is that Kyrie doesn't want to be there and he doesn't make himself available. Which, I mean, we've, we've proven to be true because, I mean, politics aside or, you know, beliefs aside, how, how does he not make himself available to his organization, he 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 didn't start playing games until what fifty games in, and that was only away games. Like that's just not smart for longevity in a career. That's not smart. But but I I digress on that. Poll question of the day. 
we're, we're going to pick up on the RP3 trend and, and, and start doing some food poll questions every now and again. What's your favorite Cajun food? Is it jambalaya? Is it etouffee? Is it gumbo? Now, if it's gumbo or jambalaya, what we want you to do is we want you to comment and tell us if it's a seafood jambalaya that's your favorite or if it's a, you know, the traditional chicken and sausage, you know, what kind of person are you? And then if it's etouffee, is it is it shrimp or is it crawfish? James, what's your favorite Cajun food? I don't have it often, but I'd probably have to go with a crawfish etouffee. Crawfish etouffee. I'm more of a I'm more of a seafood gumbo, but I prefer chicken and sausage jambalaya. Chicken and sausage jambalaya. Interesting. So you you're a you you like etouffee, but yet you say jambalaya. I'm saying, like of the preferences, like how you said, would you rather chicken chicken and sausage or seafood oh, for okay. gumbos? And I'm saying I'd rather I the seafood gumbo than the chicken and sausage, but I'd also when it comes to the jambalaya, I'd rather the chicken and sausage jambalaya than, say, the shrimp. Interesting. All right. That's fair. Um, I am a big, big crawfish etouffee guy. And then second would probably be just your traditional chicken and sausage gumbo. So let's get into this. You know, talking about college baseball Last night, the Cajuns went over to Houston, Texas and took down the Rice Owls 7-3. to They will play again tonight at 6.30, again in Reckling Park, before going to San Marcos this weekend to take on the Bobcats of Texas State. That series is going to be major for this program. I mean, number 15 team in the country, they've got a record of 38-11, and like that is that is a team that you want to beat at all cost because you know it, we we've been talking about how important RPI is RPI is going to be everything over the next 2 weeks and if you could get a win over a team that has a record of 38 and 11 leads the Sun Belt and is sitting you know 15 or so spots ahead of you 19 spots ahead of you you could definitely use those wins, especially if right now you're sitting on the cusp of even making the postseason. On the other hand, LSU at home last night against Southeastern Louisiana, and like I said in the open, it didn't even take nine innings for the Tigers to get that one done. A 17-3 to final in seven innings. LSU getting one in the first, one in the second. They'd get nine in the fourth and then six in the sixth. 17 runs on 12 hits. Southeastern getting one in the second and then two in the fifth. They would get their three runs on four hits. You had homers last night from Gavin Duga, and you had two from Southeastern. But Duga just came up big for you in, in, in two scenarios. In in the first he had the leadoff homer and then in the fourth he gets a two-run single. McManus came up big a couple of times with an RBI single and then a RBI double. Dylan Cruz drove in a few runs as well. Gavin Dugas had 3, Trey Morgan with 5 RBIs. 
you see that that's the benefit for for LSU. They're getting their runs and they're getting their offense from multiple areas. Gavin Dugas coming up. Dylan Cruz has been clutch for you all year. Trey Morgan's coming around. Braden Jobert, K. Doty, Jacob Berry. He didn't play last night, but you know he he shows up for you. And now you get the win over Southeastern in, in convincing fashion. Now this weekend you stay home to host Ole Miss, who hasn't been very good. You got a three-game series with them, and you could potentially sweep that series and put yourself even further in the conversation of hosting a regional with one more weekend of the regular season before you go to Hoover for the conference tournament. We'll dive a little deeper into LSU later. We'll dive into the Cajuns here in the next segment. Jarrett Reed of Propel's Talk will join us at 4.30 to talk NBA playoffs as well as what the Pel- you could see the Pelicans doing over the next couple of weeks with the draft lottery and the offseason coming closer and closer. And then at 5.30, Brendan Ertle will join us as he does each and every Wednesday. For Houdat Wednesdays, we'll talk Jarvis Landry. We'll talk what's next for the Saints, the Tyron Matthew contract, and more. Going back to the poll question, Tad chimes in on Facebook. How is crawfish fettuccine not available? Look, man, I had four options. I was going to say, we don't have 20 options. I had four options. I understand that there are, are 30 different Cajun dishes, and I love them all. But I, I had to pick... The, I can't have... I can't have... I had to pick the three most popular so that the fourth one could be comment. Exactly. I so... As much I mean, as I'd love to put crawfish as all four options. Right. I can't do it. There, there, and there's multiple ways to eat crawfish. I would have I would have put it all, you know. So I, I can't do crawfish and then crawfish etouffee and then crawfish fettuccine. And then crawfish gumbo. Over just over and then fried crawfish and then a crawfish jambalaya and I can't do crawfish toast as as crawfish my fourth option. That's my fourth option. Uh, right. I mean or, or or a CLT crawfish lettuce tomato. So James, another thing that I'd like to get your opinion on is Reed Detmers getting a no-hitter last night for the Angels. You you touched on it in your two-minute drill. I did. I mean, how how impressive is that? And hell, Justin Verlander almost almost had a no-hitter. Yeah, it did in eight innings, and Detmers being the youngest, and and he's a rookie, right? He was 21. Yeah, he, he hasn't been in the league long. If if he's not a rookie, it definitely hasn't been long. Yeah, because uh, I mean, getting the youngest because I don't know off top who who was the youngest before that. I felt like I feel like they would have had to have been what twenty six, twenty seven. Detmers made his MLB debut last year, so this is his second year. But I mean, even so, the second year to to the throw man, the a man, no hitter. The man's twenty two, turned twenty three, July eighth. Like the fact that you're only the 12th, right? 12th? 12th in their franchise history, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're in good company and you're doing it at this young of age. I mean, that's impressive. Detmer is the 25th pitcher with rookie eligibility remaining to throw a no-hitter. 
Um, if you consider age at 22 years and 306 days, Detmer became the youngest pitcher to throw a no-hitter since Anibal Sanchez in 2006. Been nearly four years since an Angels pitcher had even thrown a shutout, much less a no-hitter. It's impressive. No-hitters are, are hard to do. They're a lot easier to do than a perfect game. However, even going nine innings, a complete nine innings without giving up a hit, and to do it in only your 11th career start, super impressive. Super impressive. We'll take a timeout right here, and when we return to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, Cajuns baseball getting a 7-3 to win over Rice last night. We'll dive deep into that and preview game two of that series with the Owls in Houston. Here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. What's to upgrade your experience for Downtown Rising? It's the ultimate Downtown Rising VIP experience. How would you like to score a pair of VIP passes plus a chance to meet the Cold War kids? All you have to do is register in the Game Rewards Club, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to win VIP passes for Downtown Rising featuring the Cold War kids on Saturday, June the 4th. The ultimate Downtown Rising VIP experience is presented by Social Entertainment, Raider Solutions, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. James Mesh, are, are you having a, a bad hair day today? I'm that's, chilling. That's like the second time I've seen you play with your hair. I'm chilling. I mean, Why are you I'm, worried about me? I know you're having a better hair day than I am. That's because I didn't try, but... I never try. Oh... Oh, I never put product in my hair. I mean, just just because you don't put product in your hair doesn't mean that you don't try. You got to comb it back like that every day. It's kind of it usually goes back by itself anyway. That's just not fair. Life's not fair. You're right. Yeah, no, it's not. It's so not. Anyways, Cajuns baseball last night goes to Houston and takes down Rice seven to three in a game that the Cajuns really should have won. So it worked out. They got two in the first, two in the seventh, and then three in the eighth to run away with it. The Cajuns getting seven runs on 15 hits. They did commit two errors. Rice gets one in the first and two in the third. They get their three runs on eight hits, and they commit one error. Austin Perrin gets the win. He goes to 2-0 and for the year. And Christian Sinfuegas gets the loss for Rice. He falls to 0-0. Three, Carson Rockefort delivered a go-ahead RBI single in the seventh, and the Cajuns scored five runs in the final two innings, or in the final in the seventh and eighth, to claim a seven-three win. Game one of a doubleheader. They will play again tonight at six thirty. However, Carson Rockefort will not be playing in tonight's contest as he is 
dealing with a family emergency. For the Cajuns last night, doubles by Connor Kimple and Julian Brock. Triples by Connor Kimple, Carson Rockefort, and Heath Hood. RBIs, two of them from Kimple, two from Rockefort, two from Hood, and you get one from Ren Conis. Now, th- this was a game, like I said, the Cajuns were highly expected to win. Rice came in with a record of, of 13 and, and 34 and just you know not playing great baseball throughout the year. I think they only had six conference wins, and they were like 9 and 20 at home. Uh, so 15 hits, seven runs, you expected all that. Tonight, though, is going to be the game, and James, you can, you can attest to this having played sports. You play a team twice, especially back-to-back nights. It's going to be really hard to beat them a second time. Yeah, concerned it took you a late game rally, right, to beat them. You only had you only had to get a couple runs, but still, the fact that you had to use those final two innings in the game to come back. And do you do you, I don't know? Do you feel like they had to use too many runs late? Do you think Kevin Foote's ideology is going to come into this game to where maybe they lose five to one tonight? God, I hope not, because. If that's the case, that's going to kill their RPI. Could you imagine dropping to a team that's thirteen and thirty-five? That would be tough. That's going to that's going to ruin your. They won last night and they fell. They've been imagine winning you, and, and imagine falling. If you, imagine if you lose. Oh, dude, that would be. You would you would have to sweep Texas State this weekend to even. Re, Rectify yourself because it took you, because it took you a late game rally, and you won't have Carson Rock for tonight. I don't. To me, that worries me. Yeah, that worries me a lot because Rice is not a good team, but it feels like it's one of those trap series that they could sneak up on you. No, for sure, for sure. So again, Cajuns win seven to three. They will look to continue their win streak which is now at five straight games. They'll look to continue that tonight against Rice, a 6.30 first pitch, and you can watch it on kusa.tv. Which, that, that's something that I'd like to discuss. Why do specific conferences like Conference USA feel that they need to have their own TV network when there's an ESPN Plus? Like last night, I tried to pull up the game on on Kusa TV. They wanted me to pay seven dollars to watch the game. Why? <laughs> I pay seven dollars a month for ESPN Plus. Like that makes no sense to me. Why not sign a deal with ESPN and your games be broadcasted for people that already pay a subscription fee, and you get a cut of the TV deal. Things like that have never made sense because you're you talk about how everybody talks about how they want to spread the game of baseball and they want to you know they want everybody to have access to the game, but yet games are blacked out. They play them on specific channels only. You have to have multiple subscriptions to watch multiple teams. Like none of it makes sense. How about everybody just join one network? 
all your games are broadcasted on that one network, and everybody play, pays one flat fee for said network. It's not rocket science. Cajun softball today getting the win 4-2 over Coastal Carolina. Megan Shorman pitching an absolute gem. She goes 7 complete, giving up 3 hits, 1 run, and striking out 9. When Jerry Glasgow was asked about the Kentucky transfer, he said she's been throwing really well for us and she's got a lot of experience. She's gotten better and better throughout the season and I wanted to put her right out there during tournament play. It was it was interesting because watching the game, she was in the game for the first three innings and then in the fourth, no, it was the sixth, it was the sixth inning, she gives up a double and they pull her, and they bring in Kendra Lamb. Two batters later, they bring Shorman back in, and she retires the final six batters, four of them on strikeouts. Alexa Langlier's breaking the game open on the offensive side with a two-run homer. It was her 12th of the year to score Sophie Piscos and give the Cajuns that 4 nothing lead. And then Coastal Carolina would try to roar back with a two-run double. That's when Shorman came in and recorded the final three outs to end the threat of Coastal Carolina. So now the Cajuns, the top seed in the Sun Belt, will play Troy tomorrow at 10 a.m. once again from Mobile. In today's game, Louisiana getting their four runs on nine hits with one error. Coastal Carolina getting their two runs on five hits with one error. Megan Shorman gets the win. She goes to 14-4 and four on the year. And for Coastal Carolina, the loser, Caitlin Beasley-Poco, falls to 13-10 and 10 on the season. As a reminder, the game will be broadcasting live from Lake Charles this Saturday for the This Is Home Festival. The world-famous CD, Under the Dome host Clint Domang, will be broadcasting his show live from 9 to 11 from Ryan Street in downtown Lake Charles. There will be live music, food vendors, beer, and wine. So tune in to Under the Dome live from Lake Charles this Saturday, or go ahead and swing by and say hi to the world-famous CD. He's going to have some 1037 The Game merch to, to hand out, and it'll be a good time over there in the Chuck. Take a time out when we return. Jarrett Reed of Propel's Talk will join us to talk all things NBA. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 11th, 2008. Sergio Garcia of Spain claims the biggest win of his career to date in a sudden-death playoff over American Paul Goidos at PGA Players' Championship held at TPC at Sawgrass. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. 
right here on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station James you know it's funny that they brought up for this day in sports history they were talking about Sergio Garcia the other day he made some kind of poor shot or, or something no what it was was he didn't he didn't agree with the rules official on the placement of his ball and he was mic'd up for this tournament and he was he was cussing and then at the end of it he goes man i i can't wait to get off this tour bro nobody's keeping you there leave if you want to leave i just thought it was funny made me think about it and made me laugh Jarrett reed of propels talk is joining us to talk all things pelicans all things nba playoffs in general Jared, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Let's look at the NBA playoffs. You know, as they stand right now, you've got Milwaukee and Boston tonight in a game five. You've got Golden State trying to close it out tonight against Memphis. Where do you stand on both of these series? Ah, right now, I I have the Celtics taking this series. I know it's 2-2 right now. But I think defense travels. I, Milwaukee's having a tough time in the half court. Um, without Chris Middleton, man, they can't really create that much. Drew's great at being a third option, not really a second. Um, the Warriors are going to close this. I think Steph's going to have one of those performances that, that we, we need to see from him. You know, Yeah, he has what uh, a unanimous MVP. He has all those. But I think he needs some of these playoff moments. You know, I think Clay has more playoff moments than Steph. I think tonight's one of those nights where we're going to see that from from Steph. I think it's over for the Grizz. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be hard for them to get anything done if Ja Morant's out for the playoffs, right? Uh, with, with that with that bone bruise in his knee. Now, going back to the series, to the two games last night, the Heat just dismantling the 76ers, 120-85. to Jimmy Butler putting in a full performance with 23-9-6. and six. Is this kind of the beginning of the end for the Sixers? Yeah, I think those first two games uh, with Joel being out were, like, detrimental. Yeah, he came back and he gave him a spark, but, you know, sparks only last so long. You know, I don't know if it's sustainable. He got hit in the face last night and everything else just fell apart. Uh, And I think the same thing is going to happen in Philly uh, for game six. Right, I think it's going to be over. I think Jimmy's going to have one of those on the road, giving the ball late game, and they're going to close it out. Uh, I think the Sixers are done. And and you know it's kind of the same song and dance every year, right? You know the the Sixers always sit there and go, oh, you know, trust the process and this and that, and then they bring in James Harden, like, oh, we're a championship team now. Are you? Are, are no, you? Are you not, though? They're not. I think. I think championship teams have better role players, and, and I think they do have great role players. And I think coaching is another part of it that Doc gets a lot of credit for for things that he he does. Well, that he doesn't do. You know, I think team successes. He gets a lot of credit for having like great players. I don't think he's great at like X's and O's. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of. I'm not saying that I, that I hate the guy, but. I don't think he's great at in in facilitating wins. I don't think he adds wins by him being a coach. He just so happens to be coaches of really good teams that are put together. 
chatting with Jared Reed of Propel's talk. You know, man, that's another thing that, that people don't really talk about in terms of championship teams. If you look at championship teams, especially recently, every team has great role players. Yeah, I think that's a huge that's a huge part of it, man. Especially in the playoffs, especially especially it's always it's always like a home game that the, the stars may not be playing well, and the energy from the crowd may feed a role player. I mean, hell, you saw it from excuse my language, but you saw it from Jose Alvarado um, in the playoffs. Like for us, like him playing at home, even even though he had great games away, but the the home crowd feeds those, gives them confidence, and gives those guys the ability to play better, and you need that. Like, you need that. The game plans are for, you know, the defense are more predicated on the stars to stop them. If you stop, if you cut the head off the snake, then the snake dies. Now, with these role players, like, you just have the freedom to go and play. Now, if you can just take advantage of that, that'd be great. So uh, a lot of these championship teams have those, those great role player moments. And then, you know, you look at the other game five last night, the Suns and the Mavs, 110 to 80, the Suns take that win the difference maker in that game had to be Dallas only scoring 14 points in the third quarter. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this on the record. I'm starting to hate basketball to this point where like the product is being diluted by people searching for calls. Stop. Just play basketball. Like you've got to this point. I'm tired of seeing people flop. I'm tired of seeing people looking at the ref complaining. Yo, these are people too. You know, we give we give refs a hard time because usually, you know, we kind of disassociate their names. I mean, some people know their names, but nine times out of ten, the casual friend does not know the referee's name. So, anytime he makes a call against your team, you're in uproar. They make mistakes. Totally, I will totally stand up for that. They do make a lot of mistakes, but man, it's basketball. It's there is freedom to this. Play through something. You can't be given everything. Like, like no referee is going to give you every call. And the, the, I think it's like a flat gate between. So have you ever seen like uh, a movie where there's uh, uh, big guys trying to flop in a pool and there's a competition? This is what this feels like. Big flop competition between the Mavs and the Suns. Whoever flops the most, that's who's going to win. I'm tired of it. Jared Reed of Propel's talk is our guest. I get where you're coming from, and I agree with you. You know, I've I've said it many times about LeBron. I mean, yeah, people, I respect his game. You know, he's one of the greatest basketball players to ever live. But God, that dude loves to complain. He I'm, loves I'm so to look glad, for a I'm, call. I'm so glad you said his name. I'm so glad you said his name. That's the fir- that's that's why I say I blame LeBron for this. He's the reason why everybody else does it. If LeBron can complain. Why can't everyone else? Right. It, this is this is diluting the game of basketball. And now, with that being said, the the ratings are up, even with LeBron not even playing in the NBA playoffs, right? But still, he has an impact on on what guys behind him do. You can't complain to the refs every time the call doesn't go your way. Like that's just not life, man. All right, so let, let's look ahead. You know, you you said my, you think Miami's going to win that series. You think Boston's going to win their series. So that puts the Heat and Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then on the West, it's probably going to be Phoenix and Golden State. Mm. Who, who's your what's your NBA Finals matchup looking like? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Celtics versus the Warriors. Man, I, I'm, I'm I you, find it interesting this this next series between. 
well, the possibility of the, the Warriors and the Suns. And I think Monty's a really great coach. I, I really do. But something's going to catch up to to the Suns where, you know, they're going to go cold. Like, they went cold against us, but we just weren't smart enough to, to defeat that. You know, Clay and Steph just went like, they were like 0 for 16 at one point from three, and they won the basketball game. Phoenix can't do that. They don't have the ability to miss shots and still win a basketball game. And I think that's going to be the difference between the two. I think Golden State can have bad games. And usually nine times out of ten, once they get a rhythm, it's really hard to stop it. I think Phoenix takes some questionable shots at times. And if Golden State, which they do, they just did it to Memphis, if you if you take a bad shot or take a bad shot out of rhythm against them, they, they make you pay for it. A, a missed three turns into a six-point swing. And to them, six points is like 12 points because you'll never know the other three are going to come. Now you add Jordan Poole to the mix. There's so many options for them. It, it's, it's insane. So that's what I have. You know, I'll tell you this. You're making my producer and co-host very happy. He is a he's a big <laughs> Celtics fan, and so you, you talking about him putting having the Celtics going to the playoffs is making him smile from ear to ear right now. You know, I was once a Celtics fan. I was once a Celtics fan, and I say once because I've never even been to the Garden. But I was a big KG fan. Ray Allen is like my favorite player. So when that happened, I was like, oh man, like this is who I'm going with. But you know that that dwindled out, and I was like, "All right, I feel no no pain when they win or lose, or a joy when they win or lose." Uh, but I actually like this team. They're they're really great defensively. They can switch everything, and for some reason, Giannis looked at Al Hor- Al Horford crazy, and he's not, now he's dunking on him. Like, yo, what is going on? Like, what what is happening in the NBA at this point, where where, where Giannis is getting dunked on every night? What is going on? Jared Reed of Propel's Talk is our guest. All right, Jared, let's dive into the Pelicans a little more specifically now. What do you what do you think their offseason plans are? I mean, obviously, you know, everybody's talking about Zion signing the max, and, and it seems like Zion's interested in that. But, you know, outside of that, the Pelicans need a true point guard. The Pelicans probably wouldn't hurt to get another shooter on the bench. Where do you think they go? You know, I'm not a big fan of trading people at this point. I know, and some people are going to kill me for this. Like, hey, yeah, that we need to add shooting. We need we need a guard. There's one person that I would want on this team that's in the draft. His name is Jaden Ivey out of Purdue. He is six four. He is lightning quick. He has the tools to play defense. Not, I wouldn't say he's a great defender at this current juncture of time, but I don't see him starting for this team. But him being a backup guard for us being able to attack off the dribble but not having the pressure of a, a top-four pick but playing behind Brandon Ingham, B.I., and Herb Jones just sounds like a great place for him to be. And also we have a, a great change of pace in Jose. As, and also we'll have the internal growth, right? We never we never really talk about this because we haven't seen it over the last like, couple of years where our young guys actually develop to be better. Like you can even say from Zion – to Nikhil, to Jackson. You've seen slight growth when they play, but if they play, right, we had to send Jackson to the G League back up and back just to get him to play better. Like, no, I think this year with this young group, our, our draft class from last year, we'll see a lot of internal growth. I think Herb becomes a better shooter. I think Trey, Trey Murphy becomes a better shooter. 
I think Jose becomes a better shooter. I think that even Najee Marshall may become a better shooter just off the bench. So adding somebody just to shoot? No, I look at somebody's skill set like a Jaden Ivey to come in and say, hey, he can do something that no one else probably in his draft can do. Let's add him and then develop his skills to become better. And I think that's the biggest asset we can gain this summer. Also, guys actually playing with each other. Like, we haven't had a group to play consistently with each other eat with each other through training camp. Look at the last three years. We've had an overhaul roster after overhaul roster. We have had coach after coach. Finally, we get to keep the same coach. So continuity is a big thing in the NBA. We will fi- we will finally have it here in New Orleans. Yeah, which is which is important, like you said. You know, do do you see the Pelicans going after a true point guard? Uh via the draft or even free agency since they do have some money to spend? That's a tough one. I mean, that would that would say getting rid of somebody, right? I would say trading some. And I think your best bet is to, if you have this space, draft. If you draft one, great. If you don't, you can wait to the trade deadline and then hopefully your team is playing better. And now you can use those players that like a – I like the guy. Don't no no shame, no shade thrown. But like a Devontae Graham, maybe he can have a better start to the year, and by the trade deadline, his value is up, and maybe you can get somebody that you can put in that six man role that you can have play eventually with the starters in and out. You know how however that may happen, but I think that that's probably the best route. Not now because CJ and Brandon haven't even played fifty games together. You know, like what we we're trying to, you know, shake up the roster. Like, let's see where we are with this current team and how it's currently constructed. And then once we get to a point, like, all right, we won't eclipse this. We need to add X. So that's kind of where I see it right now. Jerry Reed of Propel's Talk. I got a couple more for you. The draft lottery is next week. The Pelicans have the Lakers pick. And currently, there's a 6% chance that it becomes the number one overall. If that happens, if we are lucky enough to be in that 6%, where, what direction do you think the Pelicans go with that pick? You know what? I don't even care what direction the, the, the Pelicans or the team goes in that direction. If we were to get a number one pick, that would just be the gods saying, the basketball gods to say, hey, you know what, New Orleans, you've been through a lot. Here's one on us. Not only, not only did we get Zion three years ago, here's another one on us. We appreciate your your forthcoming and your and your uh, persistence to to be better. Um, I, to be honest, I hope we would trade the number one pick to drop back to get somebody we know we want, and that way we could have more assets. But that's just me being greedy. If we were to get a Jabari Smith or Jaden Ivey, I would be ecstatic. There's, there, I mean, I don't know what what I would actually do if that were to happen. That's just more tools in the tool chest for Griff and Willie Green to assemble a great great team that we already have um guys this the point that we actually are in this position you know we actually made the playoffs after starting three and 16 like we're, we're at a point where yeah we we went to the playoffs got experience also we may end up with a top pick that doesn't happen often that is a rarity um i just i'm just ecstatic that it's actually the lakers pick <laughs> you know right <laughs> you know to get it from them it's like a, you know another just chip at the arm of uh, Anthony Davis as if he could stand there or have any armor to begin with. And but then, and then t- that's, 
Go ahead. And then to add on to on top of that, you know, you talked about Pelicans making the playoffs and getting the top ten pick. Now you've got your superstar who hasn't played a full season yet in his career that is showing interest in, in signing a long term extension. You know, it's crazy what, what winning or not just say winning, but building a culture can do. I, I don't think Zion's the type of person to, per se, get it out the mud. I don't think he's that type. But I think he's the type to add on to what you already have. We've built something. He wants to be a part of it now. He can sign the extension. Go ahead and get that out the way. Get it cleared up, and we can move forward. Like, to have Zion a part of the one – to be one of the pillars of this organization – it's going to be astronomical. Yeah, you're going to get the press from it. You're going to get, you know, the teases from it, the commercials. You can do all of these things with this high-character person and this larger-than-life persona. Now we just have to back it up with the play. And I think we're in a great position. You know, I think this summer is probably going to be, like, the most potential. We've, like, I feel like the excitement that I had when Zion got drafted. Like, I remember that day. Like, we knew it was going to happen, but yet it felt like a brand-new day of New Orleans basketball. Yeah, it, it's been really fun to see, and I'm really excited to to see where the team goes this offseason and into the 2022-2023 season. Jarrett Reed of Propel's Talk has been our guest. Jarrett, appreciate you taking the time, my man. Enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, thank, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Before we take a timeout, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets to a special sneak peek of Top Gun Maverick. That's right, you get to see Tom Cruise before anyone else. All you got to do is text Top Gun to 68683. That's Top Gun to 68683. Score a pair of tickets for a special sneak peek May 26th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. It's the Top Gun Sneak Preview brought to you by Big Boy Toys and the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll wrap up hour number one after this. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the best local sports talk in Southwest Louisiana. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Our Crunch Time poll question of the day, what is your favorite Cajun food? So far, 12% have said jambalaya, 44% have said etouffee, 31% have said gumbo, and we've got two comments. Ton says chicken and sausage gumbo. I can get, I can live with that. The, the traditional, the original. I'm cool with it. Steve Flint says, boiled crabs as hot as they can get them. Does that mean spicy hot or you want them to like sear your skin off hot? Which, which one is it? Or is it both? I would, ass- I would assume spicy, but you never know. Maybe he likes third degree burns. <laughs> Maybe he likes third degree. This guy likes to burn his skin off. So far in hour number one, we've touched on the NBA, we've touched on Cajuns baseball, and we have touched on Cajuns softball. In hour number two, we will talk some Tigers, we will talk some Saints, and we're going to go ahead and open the hotline, 706 if you want to chime in 
on the show. James, I didn't get to ask your opinion. You think your Celtics win tonight? Robert Williams is out again. He is out. But it's back in the garden, and I think they take it. I think they take the lead. And then Golden State, you think you think they finish it tonight? Uh, I would assume so, yes. Which doesn't paint a good sign for the Suns because you give the Warriors time to rest up? Yikes. Yikes. That's all I'm going to say about that. Before we head to break at the end of hour number one, the Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. If we want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood, the only way to win that $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House is by joining the Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two of Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh. On the other side of this top of the hour sports update on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Our number two of two right here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Matt Miguez, the producer extraordinaire, James Mesh. And you, as a reminder, phone lines are open 706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch the simulcast on Stadium 32.2, 32.3, and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. James, some breaking news came out yesterday that I, I must have missed. It's in the sports video game realm. FIFA has decided to end their two-decade-long partnership with EA Sports. That's what I like to hear. For the FIFA video game. That's what I like to hear. Now Madden, of, now Madden needs to do the same thing. The FIFA video game franchise is one of the most popular video games of all time. The game has generated more than $20 billion in sales over the last two decades. You think 2K picks it up? You think who, who do you think starts making a pro soccer video game? Because there's no way there's no way you just don't have one anymore. I mean, there's too much of a market for one. Unless they go in their own direction, like they just make one solely for themselves. FIFA makes their own video game. Yeah. Interesting. I never thought about that. I. Th- I don't know. I. Maybe 2K would be good, but I think maybe maybe if we got each of the maybe if we got each of the different sports video games to go into their own thing, I wonder what that would be like. You know what I mean? Like each each league make their own game? Yeah. Instead of having to rely on like EA or 2K? Right. Because we you're always going to have customers that are going to complain about the product of course but nobody's ever going to be pleased no you can't please everyone but i want to see what it's like i want to see if like 
the NFL can have like their own video game developers and like they come up with their own game. Maybe have it be something like what we saw with NFL 2K5. Maybe have maybe feel a little more realistic and maybe you don't have so many bugs. Yeah. 2K didn't really have a lot of bugs. It's just people complain about the shot meter. Or right. which or, which the shot meter on 22 is really annoying. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't know. It I just hate the idea of there's always like these meta builds. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you go slasher, that's like the thing to do. You know what I mean? Right. I don't want to have to pick something because that's like the only good option. I want to pick something because I can make it work myself. Maybe looking at like Smash. Look at like Super Smash Bros. Yeah. Those characters you can you can play with whatever you want. Obviously there are gonna be it feels like better ones, but you don't feel like it's such a minority of you playing a certain character. Are we getting into a full video game discussion? Video game discussion? Well, here? you started one. Um yeah, I mean I'm sorry. You got you I got it? I you got me into to. it. I just I'm just saying I would like it to where you have more variety and you don't feel like you yeah. have to play this one thing for for you to be able to win. Maybe if you have like your own build and you're still able to win because you know what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like 2K has gotten to the point where if you don't put your own money into it. And I and that's another thing is I hate whenever I have to do pay to win. Like it, it it's not even any fun when your guy's a sixty five overall and you know there there can't definitely make a shot. There definitely is a grind and I appreciate that. But at the same time, I don't really have the time to grind. Right. I don't I don't have the time. Right. Maybe it's a sign that we should just stop playing video games. Which I've kind of stopped doing. Uh, I kind of just do it every once in a while. But then when I get on, I'm like, everybody's so ahead of me. Uh, there's no point. <laughs> right. We got a message from Martin about the poll question. He, he says, I'd have to say shrimp and crab stew and crawfish etouffee, but he's got to have corn with both. I feel that. I like that. I love I feel corn. That. Corn goes crazy. And then he also wanted to let us know that Dustin Poirier plans to fight this summer. Heck yeah. Against a undisclosed opponent. Interested to see what, what that'll be. Here's another thing, James. There's a page on Twitter titled NFL Schedule Leaks. Now, I don't know how le- legit this page is. They do have 9,000 followers, so, you know, give them credit. Decent where credit, size. Decent give size. them credit where credit is due. It's, um, is what's their... NFL Week 3, Sunday night game. Bengals at Saints. Is it a Twitter? Yeah. What's uh, what's their name? NFL Schedule Leaks. What's like the at? NFL Game Leaks. NFL Game Leaks? Interesting. It says NFL Week 3, Bengals at Saints, 720 NBC. So it'd be the Sunday night game, the week before they go to London. That's intriguing. And I, I know that that's what a lot of people wanted because they wanted to see Joe Burrow Ew, and Jamar Chase. Why do Chase. we always see this? Why do we always have to see a Bengals or Jags Titans matchup on Thursday Night Football? Why do we always have to see that? Because aren't they in the same division? They are, but it's not a good matchup. Well, it's not a fun game to watch. Most Thursday night games aren't. I know. It's like make them more entertaining. Make like the bum games the twelve o'clock games. 
So, so far it's appearing that week three, the Saints are going to play the Bengals. Week four, they're going to play the Vikings in London. And then they're going to come back to play the Ravens in week five. If these if this page is accurate. that That's what they're saying three, four, and five is going to look like. Why would the Ravens and Saints be a... Why would it be a one o'clock game? Because 90% of our games are one o'clock games. I know, but that's a good matchup. It's a Marcus Williams revenge game. We should see that at least 3.30 on CBS. See, if you want to put like, it on CBS. I like the noon games. I like the noon games. It is nice because you get out of church and then boom. You got the game and then you still got time in your day to, to do something else. I like noon games. 3.30 games, I feel like I'm waiting around the house all day for the Saints to play. But if it's a premier matchup like this, that's when it's like, okay, I want to play at 3.30. I want to play at at 7.20 on Sunday Night Football it or don't, Monday Night Football. It don't that's bother me none because I'm going to watch it whenever they play. So it doesn't bother me any. I mean, I am too, but it's like if I could if I could do it like now, that'd be great. Like if we, if we could do it at this time instead of right after church because I wouldn't get home till. I wouldn't be home until a little after 12, so I'd miss like the first five minutes. I'd like to see it all. I'm going to be writing the recaps. Right. So I'd like to do I'd like to do that at at 3.30 or just get it done at 7. No, or, or Well, by 10 because the game's, the game's going to kick off at 7.20. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, do you... So, Ja Morant being out for the rest of the playoffs with a knee bruise. It, it was first discussed that Jordan Poole had something to do with it with the way that he grabbed Ja's knee, but now multiple people are saying that Jordan Poole had nothing to do with it. I don't know if I'd say he had nothing to do with it. I mean, the guy grabbed Ja Morant's kneecap. Now, granted, is Jordan Poole strong enough to bruise Ja Morant's knee just by grabbing it? No, probably not. But you definitely didn't help the scenario by reaching down and grabbing Ja Morant's knee when the ball was at Ja's chest. Right? Just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But again, did ja, did Jordan Poole injure Ja Morant? No. Did he maybe help it happen a little faster? Yeah, maybe. Cajuns softball winning game one of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament 4-2 to two today over Coastal Carolina. They will play Troy tomorrow at 10 a.m. LSU softball falling out of the SEC tournament today after losing to Mississippi State by the score of 7-4 to four in nine innings. McNeese also getting a win today in the ninth inning over Northwestern State. They will move on in the Southland Tournament. You got Cajuns baseball getting a win last night. They'll play game two tonight. And then the Tigers, LSU baseball, 17-3 to in seven innings last night over Southeastern. Just unreal. They put up a football score in Alex Box. It was insane. We'll take a timeout here. And when we return, we'll do some NHL, dive deeper into the college softball, and your phone calls on the hotline, 706-0111. You're listening to Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh, on the game, 
1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Just like the man said, if you got something to say to us, 706-0111, chime into the show. LSU baseball, Cajuns baseball, whatever you want to talk about. James and I can get it done for you. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Speaking of the game hotline, let's go to it now. Jamie Green. Jamie, what's going on, man? Hey, good afternoon, Mr. Miguez. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Look. I heard you guys talking about FIFA, and then you said you were going to talk NHL, and I'm like, man, that's why it's my real house. I love both. Uh, but first, your poll question, man, you ain't got Boudin and Cracklins on there. Uh, again, man, I only had four choices. I mean, but, uh, okay, that's fair, I guess. That's fair, I guess. But Boudin and, uh, and Cracklins, right in. That's what I'm going to go with. All right, so so let, let's talk, because you said you love FIFA and you love NHL. Who's your favorite soccer team? So I uh, I grew up as an Arsenal fan. Um so I really like Arsenal a lot. They're uh, my Premier League team. Uh, I remember when MLS was founded and the Tampa Bay Mutiny was my team until they disbanded. So I guess as far as MLS goes, I guess uh, kind of like the uh, football KC football team. So uh, they seem interesting. And then what about NHL? Who's your favorite hockey team? Look, man, I am I am a uh, Tampa Bay Lightning fan, uh, but my dad grew up and was born and raised in Buffalo, so I grew up uh, cheering for the Sabers and the Penguins as well. So the poor Sabers, they're they suck, but the Penguins are doing pretty good, and uh, you know, looking forward to seeing how they're doing. But uh, just to let you guys know, the FIFA game EA is still going to put on a soccer game. It's just not going to be uh, endorsed by FIFA. So they're still going to have all the same teams and stuff. They just can't do like the FIFA World Cup qualifiers and stuff like that. Okay, interesting. Interesting. So, I thought, so one, one I more. I thought you guys might find that interesting. One, one more comment on the NHL thing. You say that you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. First, first you tell me you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. And then you tell me that you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Jamie, I don't know if I can be friends with you. Man, look, I'll tell you what. I ain't got no beef with the Washington Capitals, uh, except, you know, they're the Washington Capitals. Right. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But it's all good. We can just agree to disagree on our sports teams, and we can still be civil. And then, and then, he's, and then the man says he's an Arsenal fan. You better not say you better not say your man you. Man City. You, you can't be man you. No, man Man City. Oh Man City. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Shh, my daughter's talking. <laughs> All right guys. Well you guys have a good rest of your day. We'll talk at y'all later. Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate you. He says that he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. And then when I ask him about hockey, which I, I knew I was walking a slippery slope there, he says Pittsburgh Penguins. 
Now, for, for those of you that don't follow hockey, me being a Washington Capitals fan, him saying that he's a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins is like a Saints fan hearing that a friend is a fan of the Atlanta Falcons. That's the comparison. Like, I don't know if I can be your friend. I mean, you're a nice guy and all, but I mean, we, we, we have to be sworn enemies for the rest of our lives. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning thing, that, that'd be the Saints to the Cowboys. Like, you should be indifferent to the Cowboys, but for some reason you hate them. They're, it's more of the fandom. Like, it's just, what, why, why, why do we hate the Cowboys? Because, like, it, it's got to be a thing from the 70s or 80s that, that James and I just don't know. Because I've been raised my entire life to hate the Dallas Cowboys. And it's funny because my dad never, never like, saw me to be like, oh, yeah, we, we don't like the Cowboys. No, I, we don't, I grew we don't up, mess with them. I, I grew up, the three teams you hated were the Niners, the Falcons, and the Cowboys. I just, I just grew up naturally just not liking them. Falcons, like obviously, because they're in division. That 40, 49ers because my first playoff game that I saw. No, actually second. No, actually third. Because Seattle was the first playoff game I saw. And then, obviously, the Lions were the second one. So, seeing 49ers uh, overtake you as the number two seed in 2011 and then them crushing you in the divisional round is what really started it for me for the 49ers. Atlanta is just natural because it's a in-division rival. And then the Cowboys... He's kind of learned it just just from NFL, just fandom and other teams just being like, God, these guys are annoying. Right, right. And, you know, while we're on the subject of, of New Orleans and Louisiana in general, there's a post that I just I find funny. It says New Orleans, but it's really Louisiana, but it says New Orleans is the only city where you can go to the corner store and buy a shrimp po' boy, shrimp fried rice, a fifth of tequila, a phone charger, a Saints hat, a soldier <laughs> rag, a mixed CD, and an inspection sticker all in one place. Sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about right. That, that's Louisiana in general, though. I mean, anywhere. You can pick up all of those things in, in one place. You said a fifth of tequila. A fifth of tequila. That's what it says, man. I mean, I'm just I'm just reading the looking at looking at NHL teams. I'm not gonna have like a whole spectacle like Five Names did for her. We're, MLB we're gonna team. we're gonna get you a team. Well, I kind of already have one. Okay, who you got? I don't really like. It's, I'm not an official fan, but I mean, if I'm looking at any of these teams, I'm probably just gonna go with the Bruins. Oh God! I'd probably just go Bruins because. Oh no! I've, I've already said nope. before. I like the Patriots, and I'm a Celtics fan. Nope. So it just kind of naturally oh, goes with it. Oh, God. Because so I'm looking what, at I'm looking a Red at Sox it. fan? I don't eh. – uh, The last team I played for was hey, the Cardinals. Choo- choose your words very wisely. The last team I played for, for for CSA, we were the Cardinals. I don't remember who I played. I, th- I think I was a Yankee like to start off Gross. when I was four and five. Gross. And then I, I think I was again when I was ten. Uh, so, like – they're they're whatever to me. I I my my last year I was a we were a St. Louis Cardinal, and but I, I just naturally just gravitate towards the Astros if I had to right. pick a team. So it, like one 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 is Astros, two would be the Cardinals, and then three maybe Red Sox, but I really don't care. 
So I, I, I respect your Boston sports fandom. I respect it. Boston. However, the Bruins. Well, I'm looking at these other teams, oh, and I'm like, God. I don't. I'm looking at the other teams, and I'm like, eh, the I don't Bruins. care for them. Can't you be a Stars fan? They're like the local team or, or Nashville or something. God, Boston. Boston. They're in the Capitals division. They are. No. <laughs> we can't be divisional foes in this studio. Once again, 706-0111. Saw an MLB headline, Christian Yelich hit for a cycle today. It's the third time in his career that he has hit for the cycle, and he became the sixth player in MLB history to hit three cycles in a career. Let's go back to the game hotline. 706-0111. Martin joins the show. Martin, what's going on? Oh, not too much. I heard y'all talking about a little NHL and... uh I just wanted to kind of chime in on that because uh, not a lot of shows talk about it too much, but that's one of my favorite uh, sports hey, to watch. If, if y'all want me to talk more hockey, I will talk some hockey. Oh, I would love that, man. I love it. I will uh, I will talk some hockey. But uh, my favorite team is uh, I've always been a Colorado Avalanche fan because – And you see, I, I was, can live uh, with that. Uh, I, because I grew up in – uh, I was pleasured enough to grow up uh, in the era where um, I got to watch the the Avalanche versus the Red Wings uh, right. rivalry back in the day. Ken, but, Ken uh, Dryden my, and Patrick Waugh going at it. Yes. Yep. Uh, I, I, that's why uh, I always hated the Red Wings because of that rivalry. Same. But my my favorite player was always Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh, uh, yeah. And, and I loved uh, Peter, Peter Forsberg. Uh, I mean, they had some good uh, some good players on that team, but yeah, man, uh, and they they actually had a good season this year. Uh, hopefully, they can take the cup home this year. Um, but yeah, man, I just wanted to chime in on that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, and I, I appreciate y'all. I I grew up a Colorado Avalanche fan because my dad and brother are, are Avalanche fans, so I remember Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg and Rob Blake. You know those, uh, those you years. You know that Ray Bork actually played on that team yep. too. Yeah. And that's when they won the uh, won won the cup. But man, that used to be probably a, uh, one of the best rivalries back in the day, the Red Wings. And uh, that's actually uh, back in the day when goalies used to actually fight each other. I can't remember the last time I seen a goalie actually getting getting a, uh, in a fight. You don't see that anymore these I days. Think, I think know? the last time there was a goalie fight was like 2017. Yeah, I think I had looked that up because I was wondering that the other day. I looked that up yeah, I think, but, uh, I think 2017 see, was yeah, the last time. Yeah, I remember time. when when Wa got in it with with Chris Osgood and and Curtis Joseph and uh, and yeah, that used to be some intense games, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that was that was the golden age of hockey, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like every year it was Scotty Bowman and a uh, darn uh, Colin Steve Eiserman, and you know the the darn Red Wings would win it every single year, which are. They've been in the dump, so that I've been kind of happy about that. You, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think all of hockey fans that don't live in Detroit have been happy about that. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But I appreciate y'all, man, and uh, I'll catch y'all uh, next time. Appreciate you, Martin. All right, ladies. All right, James. I, I think we've I think we've discovered that 
we're gonna have to start talking to some NHL. <laughs> we found a diamond in the rough. We're, we, found, we're, we found a new market. We're gonna have to start talking some hockey, <laughs> which I am not mad about. You saw what Jamie said? No. He said, "Mr. Miguez, we must set aside our differences." Mesh says Bruins is beyond sacrilege. It's like him being a Man U fan. For him, especially if he's a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, he really hates the Bruins. I only don't like the Bruins because they're in the same division. And that they took the caps out of the playoffs a couple times, but I'm well, I'm looking at the because there's only four divisions, right? Correct. The Metropolitan, the Atlantic, the Central Wait, and the Pacific. Or Boston's the, Boston's in the Atlantic, aren't they? Yes. That's okay. why that's why I was so like, they're not in the same division. I was like I was like, they're not in the same I was looking at I'm like division. You like the Capitals. They're Correct. in the Metropolitan. They're in the Metropolitan. It's it's Washington, Pittsburgh, Philly, Philly, New York, New York Islanders, and both Rangers, New Yorks, right? And Jersey then, Devils, Columbus the, Blue Jackets, yeah. and the Hurricanes. Yeah, they they read they it, the Caps and Bruins used to be in the same divisions. They they rezoned the division like two years ago. It's kind of so it would be like say your your Saints on Forty ers It's kind of like that, basically. Yeah. Used to be same division, now they're not. Still don't like each other, kind of thing. That's yeah. fair. I mean, that's fair. Um, but yeah. ja- but Jamie's a, a Lightning fan, yeah. right? Yeah, Tampa. Yeah, because Buccaneers yeah. Lightning. And Tampa's going for the three peat. Yeah. Too bad. That's true. They they have won the last two. Aren't they? I think they're down three zero to uh, Toronto right now in the um, in the first round. Let me see. Three two, yeah. Toronto won last night to make it three uh, two. Game six is going to be tomorrow. Man, I'm so excited to talk hockey now. Ooh, I just saw uh, Jim Crane. Yeah, the the Astros owner. Yeah, says he'd keep his mouth shut if he was uh, the Yankees GM Brian Cushman, who mentioned sign stealing scheme. Oh, ooh, shots fired. Shots fired. Oh, uh oh, duck down. Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Let's take a time out right here. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh. When we return, the big Ert, the big Brindy, Brendan Ertle, is going to join us for another edition of Who Dat Wednesdays. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. He's going to go. Touchdown, Saints. Who's ready for some New Orleans Saints talk? We are. Here is Good at Wednesdays with Canal Street Chronicles' Brendan Ertle on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Canal Street Chronicles' Brendan Ertle, a.k.a. the Big Ert, a.k.a. the Big Brendy. What's going on, Brendan? How are you, man? You're making nicknames I've never heard of before. Hey, so, but that, okay, so you never heard of them before, but how you feel about them? Hey, I'll, I'll take anything. I've heard everything in the book, and you've pulled out two I've never heard of before. I love that. I love that. So what, what, what's going on in the world of Brendan Ertle this week, man? How are you? Good. I'm doing good. I mean, I'm just kicking back. I heard you guys talking about the NHL playoffs. I've been watching that. Uh, NBA playoffs, too, of course. So, you know, just it's a great time of year for sports. Besides football, though, but, I mean, you got to – I'm a big fan of NHL playoffs. So, all right, so who's your team in the NHL? See, my my family couldn't be closer to the game of hockey. We all played. 
Um, to be a hockey fan, you don't got to love one team. Uh, I, I grew up in Los Angeles, so I'm just naturally a Kings fan. But, you know, you, you're not going to be a diehard to really any team because it's just so fun to watch any team. And the game of hockey is just so different. And uh, you guys got some hockey down in Louisiana, too, that's right for uh, Mudbugs, I think. So, I mean, I love it. Yeah, dude, hockey is one of the one of the greatest sports ever invented. Um, I agree. All right, let, let, let's talk some Saints. You know, I saw a tweet earlier today that Jarvis Landry met with the Saints. They discussed contract, but nothing has been agreed upon. Where do you think? What have you heard? Where do they stand? I mean, I think the the contract that Tyron Matthew received is kind of pretty telling on where they stand. Uh, I thought that he was going to get more of a contract where it's more front-loaded rather than the voidable years. And, of course, I couldn't couldn't have been more, more wrong than I was. Uh, very low cap it this year. Uh, the first two years are guaranteed. But then after that, it's all up in the air, and they had a two voidable years at the end. So, again, they're pushing money down the road. And they, they could be saving up for a move like that, and I absolutely think they could, and they could use it. Um I think there was some buzz in going in the direction of the Saints. Uh, of course, I know he would love to come home, but the offer, the contract offer has to be there, and he's not. it doesn't seem like he wants to take a one-year deal because he turned that down from the Browns, and it sounded like it was close to $10 million. So one-year $10 million didn't get it done with Cleveland. So uh, also some interest with Baltimore, I believe. So I think Baltimore would be a good fit. It's just kind of going to come down to who's going to offer him the contract that he wants. And I think the Saints are fully prepared to do that. Now, where do you, do you see him fitting in well with the Saints? Because I know James and I had a discussion yesterday about if Jarvis comes to the team, you know, Chris Lave becomes kind of your third or fourth option, and you you put a lot into your third or fourth option if if that's the case. So where do you see Jarvis fitting in? Yeah, I, and I thought about this too. And the two factors you have to think about is, of course, Michael Thomas is, whether you like it or not, he's a top five receiver in the NFL, top three, top two, top one. Uh, Alave, he's a rookie. But, you know, Michael Thomas is coming off of a bad injury that's kept him off the field for two years. You can't just assume that he's going to come in and be the Thomas that he once was. I mean, it'll probably take a few weeks to not maybe even half the season. He's never even played with Jameis before, so – Bringing in a guy like that, it doesn't hurt at all, and they don't really have a guy like Jarvis. Jarvis does a lot of things well that Mike Thomas does well, uh, but Jarvis in the slot it'd be perfect for the Saints' offense. And I mean, ever since he's entered the NFL, it's been it's been a good fit with what the Saints like to do. And you know, I'm, I think a lot of it could learn a lot from from Jarvis, and I think that he could potentially be you know up there talent wise with him too. So uh, I think they all have different skill sets that could fit well. It's just going to be about. I mean, how they see it, and I think after losing Sony Michelle, um, they could be in the market for someone like that. Now, chatting with Brendan Ertle here on Hootat Wednesdays. Now, you brought up the Saints missing out on Sony Michelle. However, the Baltimore Ravens have effectively released Tyson Williams. Mm-hmm. Where could you see that being a fit for New Orleans? And, and you know what? There, there's a ton of guys out there that I could see being fixed. Uh, you really just need a guy that's going to be a stable runner that can help out. Um, I mean, we know the situation in the running back room. I, I'd, lo- I'd love to see Abram Smith from Baylor, their UDFA. I'd love to see him at training camp, but you can't just assume that he's going to come in and be that guy. Um, 
absolutely, I would, I would take a shot on Williams. And there's other guys out there like Tariq Cohen. I mean, just a guy like that that could be coming to be a steel running back. I thought Sonny Michelle was an interesting one. I thought he'd be a good fit. Uh, the Dolphins got him for around $2 million a year, which is a really good deal for the Dolphins. And I would have taken that deal all day for the Saints. Um, but, yeah, that market isn't as high as it will be. And I think that the Saints can, can really wait and see until training camp now. Um, because I don't think those running backs are going to be flying off the board anytime soon, honestly. Now, training camp starts for the rookies starts this weekend. You know, what are your what are your expectations at a rookie minicamp in, in Metairie? I mean, I'm one of those nerds that like to see, you know, what, what numbers the rookies get and how they look in the Saints uniform. So I'm really looking forward to see Olave and what number he picks. But I know that. Right, uh, because I need a jersey. I, I know, but don't order one yet because you never know. I mean, you know, Marshall Latimer came in and wore 34 and I almost bought a jersey and then he changed the numbers after the season. So, you know, don't pull the trigger too fast. Um, but I just want to see, obviously, Olave is going to be great. Uh, Trevor Penning, I mean, no question he's going to be a good player in the NFL. But, you know, kind of the, the lower end guys, like I want to see what Alante Taylor has to bring. I want to see uh, if DeMarco Jackson can find a way to get in a, a rotation defensively. Um, I think I've been asked a ton lately if Quan Alexander is still an option. And my answer right now is going to be, I hope not, because I hope that the guys that they have in the room, that they like enough to, to move on. Of course, I'd love to have Quan back, but you don't want to invest in a position that you've invested highly with draft picks. So um, I hope to see development at those places, but uh, also big one, Jordan Jackson, DT. We really need a guy opposite of David Onimata and, uh, we have like three or four guys at that position who could potentially start next to him. I think Chateau probably has the upper hand right now, but it's going to be a really interesting camp battle for all those guys at the defensive tackle position. All right, Brendan, let's have some fun. The all right. the schedule comes out tomorrow. But what I want you to do is I'm going to tell you an opponent and I want if you're if you're writing up the schedule, I want you to tell me where you would put the game. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. So Atlanta, you're gonna play them twice. Mm-hmm. Um where where would you want those two games? You can put those games uh last week of the season and a few weeks before because I mean I feel like we always get Atlanta late in the year and at that point I feel like they'll be out of it and uh, they won't have much to play for at that point. It just always seems like we have Atlanta or Carolina the last game of the year. So, um, I mean, obviously Atlanta lost this year. So I think they'll get them in the uh, background in the schedule just because, you know, it's not the best TV to watch the Atlanta Falcons. What about the Rams? Who? I would hope that would be a primetime game. And I sure hope it's not coming off a short week. And I hope it's not earlier in the season. Um, I want to see this team kind of build chemistry a little bit. I would say like week seven, eight, nine. I feel like that's a good time to hit your stride and probably be the best that you'll be. Uh, I would say week seven then. Seattle? Ooh. That's a good one. Uh, Seattle, you know, another team that doesn't really have a ton of star power right now after trading Russell Wilson. Uh, Usually when you get – Division games, they're all kind of close together. So I would say the Rams uh, and Seattle will be pretty close together. I could see them playing like, it's tough. I, I would do like week 10. 
And so then, what, the Niners would be like week 11? I, I could see that. I could see that. And then Cincinnati, you know, there's talks of Cincinnati's going to be week three on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota is already a lock at week four. Where do you see Baltimore coming in? So that's a really interesting one. That one I could see probably earlier in the year. I would hope it would be earlier in the year. Um, that is a team that we, I mean, we talked about desperately needs some kind of offensive weapon, and they've got to address that. Uh, so I'd love to see them earlier in the year trying to figure out, trying to figure out still what they're doing because that run offense in Baltimore really scares me. So I would hope it's earlier in the season, maybe like a week six or seven. Uh, but don't want to catch that team on a short week either. What about Pittsburgh? Ooh, you know the Saints. I mean, they got screwed with the mileage. They have like the fifth most mileage in the NFL. They'll probably get Pittsburgh late in the year, like week 15 or something, and it's just going to be freezing, and it's going to be a hostile environment, but it's going to be a really good game. You know, it's funny. You t- you brought up the mileage. Uh, Pittsburgh has the is going to travel the least amount of miles. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to travel like 6,700 miles, and they never leave the eastern time zone. It is it is insane how they are not going to leave their time zone, and the Saints leave their time zone 30 times. Yeah, and I think Minnesota leaves their time zone 34 times or something like that. Wow. Something something ridiculous. Uh, last one I'm going to ask you, man, is Philadelphia. Where do you see them fitting in in the schedule? Oh, we need one against Philadelphia. They've had too many against us. Um it seems like we always kind of get the middle of the year, and I think that the first four weeks are probably going to be some sort of Tampa, like you said, uh, with Bengals and the Vikings. I could see them middle of the year, too. Um, I do not want to play them after the bye again because I do not want to catch those guys sleeping. Uh, I will say week six. Week six? That's fair. All right, I like that. All right, I got two more for you. Um, we have seen on, on social media that you know people still aren't bought into the James Winston train. People, mm-hmm. people don't think that he's the guy. What, what do you, what do you say to those people? You don't need him to be the guy. I mean, we saw the Saints in 2019 be carried pretty much by their defensive efforts every single week, and. This is something that happened again this year where if the, if the Saints defense was in top five, they wouldn't have won eight games, period. I mean, they would have maybe won five or six if they struggled a little bit. And this is going to be a team now that has some offensive weapons. Uh, hopefully, everyone stays healthy. And we saw James Winston, whether it was ugly or not, uh, whether he was throwing for under 100 yards or not, lead him to, what, a, a five and two start pretty much with Tampa Bay. So, he doesn't need to be a top-five quarterback in the NFL. He doesn't need to be a top-ten quarterback in the NFL. He's going to need to get the ball to his playmakers, which he should have plenty of, um, whether you get Jarvis or not. And then the main thing is going to be take care of the football. If you can take care of the football, I mean, that's key. So what I would say to other people is what other option would you want? Uh, a rookie quarterback was never going to be in the equation. It never made sense. And – the NFL kind of showed you what they thought of the of the rookie class. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty much as low as a stand that you can get right now. So I think you ride with Jameis. The locker room loves him. And I, I think a good majority of the city loved him, too. Obviously, he's not 
he's not Drew Brees. He's not one of the top, you know, five quarterbacks in the NFL. He's obviously got all the jokes centered around him with his workouts, and he's a little goofy. But I mean, he does a lot of things really well. He's a great person. Um, he's a team leader, and I think this is the guy that you kind of need to rally around. Uh, will he be the quarterback in five years? I don't know, but he definitely could be. We just need to see what he looks like, you know, with a formidable offense around him. And I'm really excited to see the MT and uh, Jameis connection. Uh, MT's talked about a lot about changing the narrative about around Jameis Winston. And I think they can do that. Brendan Ertle has been our guest. Brendan, one more for you. If you were a betting man, would you say the Saints signed Jarvis Landry? Would you put money on that? Just for the point that I'm an LSU fan, a Saints fan, I'd put money on it just to try and make it happen. Uh, until I see another team make a an offer or bring him in for a visit, I think the Saints have a shot. I don't think this is going to be a situation where you drag out. Uh, he wants to wait kind of as long as uh, Tyron Matthew did with his situation. But I think when you sign Tyron Matthew, you, your odds of landing Jarvis Landry were almost higher. And, I, I mean, we saw it right when we signed Tyron, Tyron Matthew – uh, Jarvis tweeted out him and he's, you know, posted fire emojis and he's been liking, if you go and look at his Twitter, he's been liking Saints posts. Doesn't really mean anything, but I mean, it kind of does. So I know he would like to be home. Um, and he's, he's tweeting about his, you can go look at his Instagram. He's got some cryptic messages on there. So I'd put a few bucks on it. I'm not going to put anything crazy on it. I'm not ultra confident, but it's something that I could see happening for sure. Brendan Ertle has been our guest. Brendan, appreciate you taking the time each and every Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your week, man. And uh, next week we'll talk about rookie minicamp and the official schedule. Let's do it. I'm excited. All right, man. Appreciate you. All right, peace out. Tune in next week for another edition of Who Dat Wednesdays here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. The game, 103.7 Lafayette. And 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with ride tickets for the Cajun Heartland State Fair at the Cajun Dome, May 26th to June 5th. Text CHSF to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. Once again, CHSF to 68683 to win those family four-pack of ride tickets for the Cajun Heartland State Fair. C-H-S-F to 68683. Just want to make sure everybody got it. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh. Got about two minutes before we send you on your merry way on this wild and wacky Wednesday. James, real quick, well, let's, let's do this. Since we've got so many people excited about hockey, let's make some picks. Capitals, Panthers. Am I going first? Or yeah, you're, you're, oh. you you know what my pick is. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that's true, but okay, they're play. Oh yeah, okay, so I see it. Uh, who's up? It's tied. Um, give me the Capitals. Penguins, Rangers. Penguins up three one in the series, but they're playing in New York. I'm gonna take the Rangers. Stars Flames tied 2 2 in Calgary. Flames. I'm going Caps, Penguins, Flames. Okay. Nice. 
That's that's my three. And I'm just I'm looking at some of these statistics. Jonathan Huberdo has 85 assists on the year. Excuse me? How? How do you, how did you have the time to score 85 assists? That is unreal. I, I, I looked at it and I said, that's got to be a typo. No way. That's nuts, man. God, I love hockey. I'm, I'm so ready. I'm so excited to go home and throw on my, my navy blue caps Ovechkin Adidas jersey and, and watch some hockey. I'm thrilled for that one. Thanks to Brendan Ertle. And Jarrett Reed for joining us today on today's edition of Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. Tomorrow, we'll do it all over again with Jay Walker and the voice of the Texas State Bobcats, Brent Freeman. For James Mesh, I am Matt Miguez saying be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. Have a great evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. Bye.